Good Wednesday morning, a key decision by voters in Ohio. And it is adding a new layer to the battle over abortion. It's August 9th. This is today. Rejected. A Republican-led measure in Ohio that would have made it harder to protect abortion rights. Defeated. The turnout, massive. This morning, what it means for the hot-button issue in other states and the 2024 presidential race. Doubling down. They're not taking away my First Amendment right. Donald Trump on the campaign trail and repeating false claims despite being charged in that election interference case. There was never a second of any day that I didn't believe that that election was rigged. The former president's new message to prosecutors and his opponents and where the cases against him now stand. On alert, parts of the South bracing for a new threat of severe weather today, while the Northeast cleans up from powerful storms. And tens of millions from coast to coast face another day of scorching heat. Al's got your full forecast. Alabama brawl. The first charges announced against three of the men involved in that massive fight on a Riverside dock as new video emerges of the shocking incident. We'll have the very latest. All that, plus Shark Watch, patrols being stepped up after a rare attack that shut down a popular New York beach. Just ahead, new details on the victim's recovery and why sharks are swimming much closer to U.S. shores. And golden ticket, just one winner in that record-shattering Mega Millions jackpot worth nearly $1.6 billion. The lucky spot? A grocery store in Florida. And the search is now on for the nation's newest billionaire today, Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And a good morning to you. Thanks so much for waking up with us here on Today. Uh, Savannah, Hoden are off. Chanel good Jones morning. is here. Yes. Have you been to Neptune Beach recently? I don't know. Maybe Savannah and Hoda are at Neptune Beach. <laughs> <laughs> that is the city in Florida where the winning Mega Millions ticket, it was sold right inside that Publix there, the nearly $1.6 billion jackpot, the third largest in U.S. history. So we'll have all the details coming up. Someone, a group of people, yeah. somebody's very happy this morning. Uh, We'll get to that in just a few moments. But first, our top story, the results of that closely watched vote in Ohio. It's being called a major win for supporters of abortion rights. Voters there in Ohio rejecting a Republican-led proposal that would make it more difficult to amend the state's constitution. And that's important because it could have some massive implications for an upcoming vote on abortion rights, an issue that's also a major focus of the 2024 election. We've got it all covered for you this morning. We'll start with NBC's Kelly O'Donnell. Kelly O, good morning to you. Good morning, Craig. A clear and resounding message from Ohio voters. This issue was driven by the energy and emotion around abortion rights. While the specific issue on the ballot dealt with making it harder to change the state's constitution, and that could ultimately affect 
abortion restrictions. This is considered a major win for abortion rights supporters ahead of a key vote coming on the November ballot that would guarantee the right to an abortion with a new constitutional amendment in Ohio. Yesterday's losing proposal would have required that next vote to pass with a 60 percent supermajority. That failed. So now the November vote will only need a 50 percent simple majority. Republicans, for their part, argue that making such changes to the Constitution should require a higher standard. Now, the implications are bigger than Ohio. President Biden weighing in overnight saying this measure was a blatant attempt to weaken voters' voices and further erode the freedom of women to make their own health care decisions. And he added, democracy won. Craig? So, Kelly, there's a response from the White House there. What more do we know about the impact that this could have on the 2024 presidential race? Well, it is playing out in real time, and Democrats will claim this as a major win heading into a critical election year. And they argue it will mobilize their base and move attention away from President Biden's low approval rating or other issues that hit the pocketbook, like inflation. So, of course, this comes after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last summer. That put abortion center stage all around the country. Democrats point to a number of victories related to abortion rights across multiple states. We've seen that, and that included the 2022 midterms. But the challenge will be to maintain the level of energy while so many other issues, including former President Trump's indictments, are also playing out on the campaign trail. Craig? All right. Kelly O'Donnell starting us off there from Washington. Kelly, thank you. Speaking of the presidential race, the former president campaigning in New Hampshire using his latest rally to lash out at the multiple criminal charges against him, while Trump's Republican rival, Governor Ron DeSantis, just made a big change to his campaign. NBC's Garrett Hake is in Washington covering it all. Garrett, good morning. Hey, Chanel. Good morning. And look, as poll after poll shows Donald Trump pulling away from the rest of the Republican primary field, he's increasingly running against not just President Biden, but against the entire American justice system that he sees as targeting him unfairly. All this as his rivals struggle to catch up with the frontrunner. A defiant former President Trump on the campaign trail in New Hampshire. Venting his anger at the pending prosecutions he says are designed to derail his 2024 campaign. I'm sorry, I won't be able to go to Iowa today. I won't be able to go to New Hampshire today because I'm sitting in a courtroom on bullshit because his attorney general charged me with something. Tuesday's raucous rally coming less than a week after the former president pled not guilty to four felony charges, tied to what the Justice Department says was a criminal scheme to overturn his 2020 election defeat. His supporters echoing his anger. The former president suggests he will defy any protective order that the judge may impose in his case, which could restrict his ability to publicly discuss evidence, with a hearing now scheduled for Friday morning. When we say, I can't talk, I'd love to, I will talk about it, I will. They're not taking away my First Amendment. There's new evidence that special counsel Jack Smith's investigation into 2020 election interference is ongoing, with the grand jury that returned last week's indictment against Mr. Trump meeting again Tuesday. Meanwhile, Mr. Trump's closest Republican rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, is moving to reset his campaign again, replacing his campaign manager with his longtime chief of staff. The shakeup follows a tumultuous month for the Florida governor, facing lagging poll numbers, complaints from big donors, and a campaign cash crunch. 
DeSantis insists he'll benefit from low expectations, telling Dasher Burns. I would much rather be underestimated. Uh, when they underestimate you, uh, that's when we're able to strike. And Garrett, this comes as former President Trump is possibly facing a fourth indictment, this one in Georgia. How soon can we expect a decision on that? Well, Chanel, every indication is that this Atlanta area DA Fonnie Willis will act by probably the end of next week. Security has been ratcheting up at the Fulton County Courthouse over the last week or so, and as a grand jury there has begun to meet, with witnesses told to be on standby to come in. Now, Donald Trump certainly thinks another indictment will come soon. He's been attacking that DA just relentlessly on the stump and online, saying that what she sees as evidence that he tried to overturn the 2020 election in Georgia was just politics, including what he calls a perfect phone call asking the Secretary of State to find him the notes he would have needed to win that state. Chanel. All right, Garrett, thank you. Meanwhile, it is another day of cleanup up and down the East Coast after even more severe storms battered the region. Flash floods, stranding drivers, damaging winds, knocking out power and leaving tens of thousands in the dark. Al standing by with our forecast first, though. NBC's Kathy Park joins us from Maryland. And Kathy, parts of that state have been especially hard hit. Hey, Craig, good morning to you. Many residents here and on the East Coast are entering day two without power. And here in Westminster, Maryland, as you can see behind me, these massive power lines came crashing down, trapping drivers inside. But incredibly, officials say no one was hurt. Overnight, extreme weather stretching across the country. Storms and reported tornadoes ripping through the Midwest and East. One system bringing a frightening funnel cloud and baseball-sized hail to Colorado. The East Coast recovering from several rounds of severe weather. The National Weather Service also confirming two tornadoes touched down Tuesday along the Massachusetts coastline, including an EF-1 twister that was on the ground in the town of Mattapoisett for more than three minutes. It was definitely nerve-wracking. It's the typical sound of a freight train. In the Boston area, torrential downpours filled roads with water, leading to emergency rescues. Firefighters saved a driver stuck under an overpass as floodwaters kept rising rapidly. Residents in Pennsylvania now cleaning up, with thousands across the state still without power. I was in that second floor window right there. High winds sending this massive tree straight into this man's home. We had seconds to react. And many East Coast residents also in recovery mode, including in Maryland, after powerful straight-line winds knocked down 30 power lines, sending a row of poles and live wires crashing onto moving traffic. 33 people were trapped inside their cars, including 14 children, all thankfully now safe. The summer of wild weather reaching Hawaii, where wildfires swept through Maui overnight, as Americans from coast to coast hope for calmer days ahead. And all of this severe weather, as you can imagine, is having a big impact on air travel already this morning. More than 500 delays. Meanwhile, back here in Westminster, we should also point out that all these lines have been deactivated. But emergency officials say if you're ever caught in this situation, remember to stay in your car until help arrives. Hmm.
Craig? Good advice there, mm-hmm. Kathy Park in Maryland. Kathy, thank you. All right, Alice, following all of this closely. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning, guys, and good morning to all of you. We are looking at some severe storms firing up from Omaha down to Oklahoma City. 20 million people at risk uh, for damaging winds, up to 60 mile per hour wind gusts, tornadoes possible, and hail as well. Tomorrow, that risk moves to the southeast from Raleigh, Charleston, Knoxville. 10 million people at risk, damaging hail, isolated tornadoes possible. But with all this heavy rain, rounds, repeated rounds of rain, we've got a flash flood risk from Kansas City to Cincinnati, Evansville, Nashville, Memphis, Tupelo. We're talking anywhere from three to five inches of rain locally from Springfield, Missouri, down to Memphis, Nashville as well, Indianapolis also. And the heat, it just won't go away. 52 million people stretching from Miami to Presidio, Texas. We're going to look at that more coming up in the next half hour. Guys? All right, I'll come back to you in just a few moments, buddy. Also this morning, a popular beach here in New York remains closed to swimmers in the wake of a rare shark attack there. The 65-year-old victim is now recovering as we learn a little bit more about her condition and her rescue. NBC's Stephanie Gosk has made her way to Rockaway Beach for us this morning. Steph, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. You know, it is a beautiful beach day out here. The sun is out. It's August, but the Parks Commission still doesn't know whether they're going to open up this beach later on today. And there were beach beaches that were closed yesterday as well. The fire commissioner for New York City is going to be out here. The police are here. Lifeguards are here. Everyone is on high alert. New York City police are on shark patrol in the air and on the water while one of the city's most popular beaches remains closed following that frightening attack. Swimmers and surfers were told they couldn't hit the waves because of sharks. Monday evening, a 65-year-old was bitten on her left leg, according to the Parks Department. Onlookers say she was just offshore when it happened. Bit by a shark. Yeah, the beach is cancer, y'all. EMTs worked to stop the bleeding. A top police official says there was severe damage to her leg. She's now in serious but stable condition, according to hospital officials. It's the first shark attack here in over 70 years, but it has people rattled, like this couple from Arizona. I, I never actually go out and swim in it. I just hang around the beach and walk in the In other shark. words, you're going to put your toes in and that's yeah, it. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe up to my ankle. Shark attacks are rare, but this summer there have been others not far away. In beaches on Long Island, five people were bitten over the 4th of July holiday. Last July, it was the same story. Multiple people bitten, including teenage surfer Max Haynes. Just, I felt on my foot like a bear trap. Just get me from below. And last month in Florida, watch this close encounter from above. Drone video shows a 14-foot-long great hammerhead shark swimming close to beachgoers in Palm Beach. Marine biologists say there may be more sharks closer to shore because that's where the fish are. It's a sign, they say, of a healthy ecosystem. Adding swimmers and surfers should be vigilant, but not afraid. But what we should be doing is just really educating people that, you know, these are the species that are here. They feed on fish. They're not trying to eat you. At nearby Jones Beach Tuesday, sharks were spotted, which normally closes the beach for an hour. But instead, they shut it down for the day. Officials said they saw an extraordinary number of bait fish close to the beach and worried the sharks were following the food. Wow. All right. Uh, Steph, let's turn back to that Rockaway attack there. What can you tell us about the conditions there at the beach? 
Well, there are a couple of things, Craig. I, you, you may notice that there are some birds behind me. The birds are following the bait fish. The sharks are following the bait fish. Officials say if the, the bait fish are very, very close to shore, maybe, maybe wait a beat before going out to swim. Don't go out by yourself. The other thing they're asking people to look out for is murky water. If there's murky water, the shark won't rely on sight to hunt, but rather it will just start feeding on what they, what the sharks believe is fish and that could be dangerous for people as well craig yikes all right stephanie gossip for us there at rockaway beach steph thank you we have a lot more to get to this morning including news you may or may not want to hear after last night's historic mega millions drawing a single winning ticket sold in florida worth more than one and a half billion dollars. NBC's Kristen Dahlgren is here with more. Good morning to you. I'm here because clearly I did not win. (laughs) The Mega Millions lottery had an incredible run. The jackpot rolling over for months to become the largest prize in the game's history. And this morning, someone who bought their ticket in the Sunshine State is very, very rich. This morning, one lucky winner waking up in Florida as a billionaire after nearly four months of lottery fever sweeping the country. Okay, let this number sink in for just a minute here. $1.58 billion. Okay, we'll take it. Overnight, the history-making winning ticket finally drawn. The lucky ticket sold at this public store in Neptune Beach, Florida. The winner takes home the biggest jackpot in Mega Millions history and the third largest U.S. lottery jackpot ever, $1.58 billion, or a lump sum payment of $783.3 million cash. It comes less than a month after a single winning ticket was sold in California for the Powerball jackpot of more than $1 billion. And what would most Americans do with all that money? Some say it would not change them. I wouldn't quit my job. You know, I still want to work. While others would have a new outlook about work-life balance. I definitely would start a foundation to help our homeless situation. And then I go on vacation for life. (laughs) For life. (laughs) Right. Well, at some point, the big winner will be revealed. Under Florida law, the identity can only be withheld for up to 90 days after a prize is claimed. And if you didn't win the big jackpot, check your tickets. Seven were sold across the country, matching the five balls worth a million dollars. Even, I mean, that's fine. You have any family down in Florida? No, no your family down no. in Florida? Friends. Do yeah. So, all right. <laughs> Kristen, thank you. Thank Kristen. you. Good to see you in person, by yes. the way. Yeah, nice to be here. Uh, back over to Mr. Roker now for the rest of the forecast. We're hey, taking a look anybody at. who'd like to adopt a weatherman <laughs> down in Florida, <laughs> come on, you know. Just call me Uncle Al. <laughs> all right. Hey, you know what? Climate change is causing a lot of big problems weather-wise. 2023's billion-dollar disasters. We've had 15 events so far this year. That's the most for the first seven months of any year from California flooding, tornado outbreak, Severe weather in March, and that's not even counting the flooding that we had last month in New England. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right. Thank you. I'm still ahead here. The Georgia woman charged in a murder for hire plot against her own husband, making her first court appearance in the Bahamas today. And NBC's Blaine Alexander is following that one for us. Blaine. Well, Craig, on social media, they were the picture-perfect couple, but now police say she conspired with two other men in a foiled plot to kill her husband. We'll tell you what her lawyer is telling us coming up, guys. All right, thank you, Blaine. Plus, it's almost the end of an era. Taylor Swift gearing up for her final U.S. show of the year tonight. We're there live with the records she smashed, the boost she's giving to local economies, and what's next for the superstar. But first, this is Today on NBC. 
Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Welcome. Jacob Sobroff, of <laughs> Thank course. You. Glad to have you here this morning. We have a lot to get to in this half hour, starting with new details in a case that is certainly making worldwide headlines. Yeah, the Georgia mother of three arrested in the Bahamas for allegedly plotting to kill her own husband. She's appearing in court today. NBC's Blaine Alexander has been following this case. Blaine, good morning to you. Well, Craig, good morning to you. That's right. Lindsay Shiver is expected in court later today. We're also expecting to hear from her legal team. And all of this comes just hours after she was seen in public for the very first time since her arrest. This morning, new images of Lindsay Shiver donning a pair of ripped jeans, flip-flops, and handcuffs. Seen Tuesday stepping off a prison bus and into a Bahamian courthouse more than a week after her arrest. It was her first public sighting since being charged with conspiring to kill her husband. Police say she orchestrated a murder-for-hire plot. The alleged target, Robert Shiver, her husband of 13 years. Lindsay Shiver's attorney tells NBC News the 36-year-old mother of three remains in custody at the Bahamas Department of Corrections, where she has been for almost two weeks. Police say she conspired with two men, Farron Newbold and Terrence Bethel, to murder her husband. According to ABC News, authorities say they only discovered the plot after stumbling upon incriminating text messages while investigating a different crime. When murder-for-hire plots are discovered, they tend to be clumsy, disorganized, and not well planned out. On social media, they were the perfect picture of a happy family. The couple met while they were students at Auburn University, where Robert played on the football team. Lindsay Shiver, a former beauty pageant contestant. The couple filed for divorce back in April. And this defendant cannot run back to the United States because the Bahamas and the U.S. have long had an extradition agreement. And Lindsay Shiver's attorney tells NBC News that she's due back in court today at 1 p.m. We're expecting to learn more details then, including details of her defense. Craig. All right. Blaine Alexander. Blaine, keep us posted. Thank you. Switching gears now. Tonight marks the final concert for the opening leg of Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. To say it's been wildly popular would be a major understatement. And of course, our resident Swifty, Emily Akeda, is right there at SoFi <laughs> Stadium in L.A. for us. Good morning to you, Emily. 
Hey there, Chanel. Well, cities like Los Angeles have been rolling out the red carpet for Taylor Swift. You can see this impeccable sand art behind me. And for good reason. Tonight is her 53rd show, her final show, at least for now, in the U.S. And even after performing for nearly 200 hours since March, Taylor Swift continues to bring the high energy. The audience last night erupting into applause for more than eight minutes. And now Swifties are speculating if she'll be dropping some surprises in her final show tonight. After 52 explosive sold-out shows nationwide, Taylor Swift is gearing up for the grand finale of the first leg of her U.S. tour. I've been waiting for this moment for seven years, and there will definitely be tears. From high-energy choreography to costume changes and soulful acoustic sets, Swift's stamina continues to stun, performing for 11,000 minutes since first opening in March. Scale of 1 to 10, just how excited are you? 13. <laughs> Tonight's show will be her sixth sold-out concert in the City of Angels, bringing in an estimated $160 million in earnings to L.A. and bumping up the county's GDP by $320 million. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing to get to see. I mean, who sells out SoFi six nights? Like, I'm kind of terrified. <laughs> like, this is crazy. And she gets out more. The Eras Tour comes amid a summer of major girl-powered entertainment turning into big bucks. Beyonce is once again proving who runs the world, with her Renaissance Tour drawing enough tourists in Sweden to impact inflation. And for the first time, the VMA's Artist of the Year category has all female nominees. Well, after less than three weeks on the big screen, Barbie, directed by Greta Gerwig, has brought in more than a billion dollars at the box office worldwide, the first movie directed by a woman to do so. For Swift's final shows, the star power on stage is being matched in the seats. Mindy Kaling, Sofia Vergara, and Selena Gomez among the famous faces spotted in the crowd. The love for the lover singer is universal, with self-proclaimed Swifty dads getting in on the action. I'm super happy to be here just because of that. I think it's going to be so much fun. I don't usually wear bracelets um, or funny kitschy t-shirts, but here we are. Tonight, one last chance for dedicated Swifties to see their favorite performer light up the night. And it has not been a cruel summer for Taylor Swift, who is the most nominated artist for the VMAs this year. And by the way, guys, as you might be able to tell from my friendship bracelets, I did go to a show this week. Aww. It was nothing short of spectacular. You can see our crew. We totally understood the That's assignment. Awesome. Everyone's sporting their friendship bracelets. But the real miracle is somehow I still have my voice this morning. That, that is a miracle. <laughs> I wonder true. if Savannah has her voice. She was at the show last night. Somebody said. With Little Veil. How cute is this? Oh, my gosh. You know, it's such uh -huh. A sweet moment when when you can go to a concert where the mom can like it and the kids can like it too or the dads you know what I mean and they were both so excited as she loves to she loves to sing along oh look at Vail yes. singing along Vail knows every along. word I guarantee you is a it almost tween memory. time we're almost there oh that's my nice. goodness that was a fun one all right thank you Emily thanks Emily SG's on assignment <laughs> exactly that's a good assignment uh, still ahead here though on this Wednesday morning the new spotlight on the popular drug Wagovi. We're gonna break down the results of a key study showing that it could have some important benefits far beyond just dropping a few pounds. But guys, first we're gonna meet the mother-daughter duo ready to make history when they blast off together into space. Gotti Schwartz is at the spaceport where a groundbreaking launch is about to take place. What's up, Gotti? Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, the countdown is on here in New Mexico. First thing tomorrow morning, that mother, that daughter, as well as a former Olympian are going to be climbing into one of these and blasting off into space with a rocket pushing 70,000 pounds of thrust. We've got exclusive behind-the-scenes access coming up. 
Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts. He would lie his way into their dreams. He was looking for James Bond girls. How fun would that be to be a Bond girl? Then twist them into a nightmare. This guy's done this before. He'll do it again. Until a group of women banded together to put him behind bars and keep him there. You have to participate fiercely, fiercely in what happens next. I'm Keith Morrison, and this is Murder in the Hollywood Hills, an all-new podcast from Dateline. All episodes of Murder in the Hollywood Hills are available now. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Okay. Back at 7.41 now with In-Depth Today and this morning's focus, that historic launch by Virgin Galactic taking the consumer space race to some new heights, really. Just two years after founder Sir Richard Branson and his team blasted off to the edge of space, his company is set to do it again tomorrow, this time with a crew of civilians. Not just any civilians. NBC's Gotti Schwartz is at Virgin Galactic Spaceport in New Mexico with exclusive details. Hey, Gotti. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, in just 24 hours, Virgin Galactic is going to be launching three civilian astronauts. That's right, civilian astronauts just like you and me up into space. It's part of this big dream of getting as many humans up into space as possible and making the great beyond accessible for everyone. And we got exclusive access into what it takes to get these astronauts ready to climb into one of these, to go Mach 3, break the sound barrier, and head off into space. This is the next frontier of space travel. Here at Virgin Galactic Spaceport, deep in the New Mexico desert, three regular folks are training for the ride of their lives. I kind of feel like I was born in this life for this. On Thursday, they'll blast to the edge of space on board the Unity. I was once a child with a dream, looking up to the stars. Now, I'm an adult in a spaceship. The same ship that rocketed Virgin Galactic founder Sir Richard Branson and his crew to space in 2021, 53 miles above the Earth, at speeds of more than 2,300 miles an hour. All right. But this next space trip will be Virgin Galactic's first with civilian passenger astronauts only. People like Keisha Shahoff and her 18-year-old daughter, Anna. Natives of Antigua, they'll be the first mother and daughter duo in history to go to space and the first astronauts ever from the Caribbean. For these astronomy buffs, it's been a dream since childhood. I'm hoping to give myself that confidence to try new things. What are you looking forward to the most? Just looking back and seeing our beautiful planet and then looking across to see my daughter's face. The third passenger, 80-year-old John Goodwin, a former Olympian from England and a lifelong adventurer who's also battling Parkinson's disease. Just shows you this attitude of space for all is a wonderful attitude. These passengers undergo three days of rigorous training to prepare for the 90-minute flight, including three minutes of total weightlessness. You want to go and fly it? I would love yeah. to fly okay. it. To find out what to expect, I took a spin in their cockpit simulator with Chief Pilot Dave McKay. I'm going to uh, pitch it up into the vertical. Wow! We're climbing! And there is planet Earth 
above us now. Wow. Even in this simulator, Earth just seems like a miracle. Yeah, it is. It's a very, very beautiful thing. All this part of British billionaire Sir Richard Branson's quest to make space travel accessible to everyone. More than 800 people on his wait list for a seat with current ticket prices at $450,000. Though Keisha and Anna scored their spots for free by winning a lottery, getting the news from Sir Richard Branson himself. <laughs> Hopefully this will inspire other people as well. Take your dreams back out, conquer your fears, and go get them. <laughs> Let's get a quick picture. I mean, imagine winning that sweepstakes again. All of this, a part of that dream of getting as many people up into space as possible. And we're going to start seeing that in a big way here in New Mexico. After this launch, they are talking about doing uh, monthly launches, then weekly launches a little bit down the road. Meanwhile, tomorrow, that launch is scheduled for 9 a.m. New Mexico time, 11 a.m. Eastern. You don't don't want to miss it. And coming up tonight on Nightly News, we've got exclusive access uh, into a little bit more of what they experienced, some exclusive interviews with the pilots, and a little bit more time on that simulator. Wow. I was going to say, I just go, Gotti, thank you. I would just go on the simulator. Simula I'd be good with the simulator. That'd be the end of it. So Take you some pics. Go? I'd post it on Instagram. I'd be like, it was great. Nobody would know the difference. <laughs> would, would you, you go? go? I would probably go up. I don't think my wife would, would let me, but yeah. I, would, I would want to. <laughs> don't be so sure. <laughs> Yeah, you're actually right. One-way ticket. Might yeah. I'll, I'll pay you 450 to send him up. <laughs> it's going to be a heck of a lot more to get him back. <laughs> Would you go, Al? Yeah, I'd go. Okay. Yeah. You, you bet. Oh, well, what do I got to lose at this point? Let's, Let's go. go. Anyway, anyway, we are talking some heat, my friends. 52 million people from New Mexico to Miami. We're looking at heat watches, heat warnings, and advisories as well. Look at this. Austin has had 32 days in a row of 100-plus degree readings, air temperatures. New Orleans may break records over the next five days. Tampa, next four out of five days, expect record temperatures. Miami, you've had three consecutive days of 109-plus heat index days. So it has been hot, and it's just going to continue because that high pressure ain't going nowhere. Fort Lauderdale could see a record today. Same in Tampa, New Orleans at 98. Houston, 103. El Paso, 103 tomorrow. Myrtle Beach, you could come close to a record. Same in New Orleans, Corpus Christi, and Del Rio, Texas. Temperatures more seasonal as you go from Minneapolis with temperatures in the mid-80s. Cleveland, low to mid-80s. Boston, Philly, and Richmond. Humidity levels, though, Toward the weekend, do start to climb a bit. And that is your latest weather. All right, thank you, Al. Just ahead, the new face of Graceland speaking out how Elvis Presley's granddaughter is keeping her family's rock and roll legacy alive. Coming up on Pop Star, Carson's going to tell us which music star is set to write the definitive book on the history Ooh. of hip hop. That's yeah, going to be good. And Better Jill's back. She got <laughs> okay. She got more sizzling summer steals and deals, all kinds of essentials, up to 77% off. 